everybody, wake up, it's time for Stoner Morning Show. Sit back, relax, smoke them if you got them. And now, Stoner Morning Show. I was just reading on the train about one of the ways to improve mitochondrial efficiency. And one of the things it described, mentioned was grounding or earthing. Um, so I don't know any of this that you're talking I've about. I've never heard of this either until yeah. I read about it on the train. You lost me at train. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're reading about mitochondrial what? Uh, this is like cross, this is cross training stuff you're doing. Is yeah, just like for like for uh, like for people like and runners, athletes, just improving that. So like so you can become a like a improve just like your efficiency as a as an athlete. Wow. Um, but one of the things it mentions was earthing, which is like exposing your your bare skin to the ground to the earth. Oh, like running barefoot or even like touching like touching the ground. Touching the ground. Wow. Yeah. Um, as a way to I guess. I I, I, I want to see a scientific uh, study, but I I wouldn't say that on on the surface alone that I don't believe in it. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not one to just dis- I, discount that. I'm I'm still weirdly ske- crazy skeptical. Sure. Oh, of course, sure. yeah. Just I think because I think the idea is like you're ex- ex- exposing yourself to like free electrons. Oh yeah. Um, to that. So well, I mean, we do need vitamin D from the sun. So right. We, and we need water, so Earth is just another one of those things. Hey, Michelle, uh, welcome to Stoner Morning Show, our, Hello. our guest today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, Banu is a running coach, and uh, if, if you didn't, weren't aware. I, I, yeah. I, I'd gathered something along those lines, yes. Yeah, from the outfit? <laughs> <laughs> or or the, what, what, what clued you off? Um, He's going to be running after, at when he leaves here today. He doesn't always dress like this. Yeah, yeah. no, I no, I just feel like because I I would have worn like a shirt and shorts. I wish I have underneath, but it just would have been chillier. Yeah, walking all the way over. So yeah, well, I I like it. We're I mean you can't see this since it's a podcast, but we're all wearing the same co- color and we do we not are, coordinate yeah. this. Yeah. We actually, it's great that you do point that out because I have for all these episodes that we've done, I've never yet taken a picture of the guests that are on it. So I, maybe I could. If I remember, we'll change that today and take a photo of us after we're done. I would be honored. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Um, Michelle, you have a show that's uh, coming up very soon. It's like in a day or two. Tuesday, know. yes, uh, January 14th. Yeah, and I think that I'm going to be posting this the day before the show, so hopefully we get some people out for please, it. But Please come, and if you're listening to this in the future, please go back in time and come to the that's show. That's right. And this is the re- you're retiring the show after Tuesday, is that correct? I am. After uh, I first uh, did it for the first time at SoloCom in 2018, and mm-hmm. it's had a great run. It picked up way more momentum than I ever thought it would, and now it, it, it's at a high. I think it's time to... Test new waters, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah. T- tell us a little bit about Message in a in a Bottle. It's a comedy show, but with some truthful, dramatic... It is a very dark comedy. Yeah. Uh, dark comedy drama uh, about alcoholism. Uh, portrayed as a love story between a woman and a bottle of vodka with plastic fork arms, a necktie, and googly eyes. Inspired by toy story 4 perhaps in some way or just you had what you had and that's what you oh made. when i saw forky i yeah filing every lawsuit <laughs> <laughs> oh you you were before forky i'm 
To be honest, I'm not sure. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Well, uh, you and you also has have done the show on the road. You you were recently in Rahway, right? Yes, uh, just uh, two days ago uh, yeah. for the second to last show. How did that go? It was a lot of fun. It was. It's always so different because when it's in New York, there's always a bunch of people I know there. It's such a different experience to do it for people you don't know. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a little scarier, but also amazing. Yeah. Uh, But New is a performer as well. Um, Do you have any insight as to performing in front of friends and performing in front of non-friends? I mean, I find like when you're with friends, you, you can drop your guard quite a bit yeah and just kind of just and almost probably expose yourself you're more you're more it's a lot easier to find you can just drop allow yourself to just be even more vulnerable so whereas with your like let's say with a 200 an audience of 250 people you've never met before um like then like then the ability to drop your more adrenaline in a way too Yeah. yeah oh yeah way more um to expose yourself and just uh yeah and and just really uh i guess be out there is like even more f- like firing on all cylinders even more so Benu so is all, in addition to being a, a semi-retired improviser uh we'll call it improvise hiatus we'll call it a, yeah, a hiatus yeah yeah uh but he runs marathons and he also coaches uh banu is there any difference between running a race or amongst strangers or <laughs> and then doing a, a running class for a bunch of friends does it change the running vibe at all <laughs> um <laughs> That's what's well. So my last few marathons have been among uh, complete strangers. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so more adrenaline. Is it scarier? Um, I, I mean, I've I've done some races with friends. Um, I think when I've done races with friends, I don't think I'm th- we're thinking too much about like like dropping our guard. I think like I mean maybe there's a little bit of it. I think there. I think we're definitely you're definitely more relaxed. You're probably relieved because you see you know somebody at this big race um and if they're if they run the same pace as you probably that that probably helps a little bit and then like maybe there might be a little bit of competitiveness and like wanting to push each other um yeah i know like sometimes i may do a race and suddenly mid-race there might be somebody i recognize who i like who i hadn't seen before then i'm like oh hey what are you doing here and like yeah, and then just suddenly either one of us is trying to keep up with the other, or yeah, or and then we we'll see each other post race, so and then catch up. Yeah, but, it's, but like, uh, it's like doing like doing a show. It is exactly like <laughs> yeah. doing a show, like one hundred percent down to a t, yeah. down to the part where I just run, yeah, run away. Well, there run are from people the cheering when you're racing, right? There are people cheering. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Maybe a more supportive audience. Have Have you ever seen a somebody booing runners? <laughs> During a marathon, I have not. Yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and I've been on the other side, uh, just cheer, being there just to cheer. Yes, uh, and you've never booed anyone. I never felt the need <laughs> to. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, you're not running fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> Try harder, um, Michelle. Where is uh, Message in a Bottle this coming Tuesday? And then we'll get onto your what you really came here in a way is we're going to talk about Harry Potter a little bit. Oh, I've been. Ever since middle school, my life has been building up to this moment. Oh, oh good. <laughs> okay, message in a bottle. Uh, it's Tuesday, uh, January 14th, 7 p.m. at Under St. Mark's. And it's part of the 
some festival, isn't that? No, no? Oh, it's okay. just a, a one time. I apologize time. for misspeaking. Um, How dare you? Is it, are we about to embark on your lengthiest discussion of Harry Potter that has been record, recorded? Have you ever recorded a discussion about Harry Potter before? Not that I can think of. Oh, okay. Well, as you said, um, uh, your whole middle school uh, journey is leading to this point, so I'll let you begin, I guess. I... I was so obsessed with Harry Potter as a kid. It started in elementary school. Mm -hmm. uh, discovered the first book at the CVS on 73rd Avenue in Bayside. Mm -hmm. Or possibly 75th. Whatever. So it does you just, not matter. You just stumbled on the book. You, you No friends had recommended it or anything? It, I think... Um, the first four books were out in the United States at this point, or possibly the first three. Mm -hmm. It was just starting to pick up a little bit of steam, but I really knew nothing about it. Right. Um, my mom got it for me. I must have been about nine years old. Got home. That's a that's a big book for. Uh, this to, I get, in a way it doesn't need to be stated that it, <laughs> that's a, yeah. that it's a large book for kids because yeah. everyone knows that, but. I devoured it. Until yeah. then, I had been living with Babysitter's Club books, and this was just something entirely different. Oh, yeah. Did you immediately find classmates that also enjoyed the Harry Potter? I did, but I was... I took it a step beyond. I was definitely the type of kid who would get lost into books yeah. and like use them as an escape. It got to a point in 2001 when the first movie was coming out. Um, I was in fifth grade. Uh, my teacher, Ms. Link, uh, had gotten uh, the Scholastic Book Order that everyone was getting in their books, and they'd included a promotional poster for the first movie. Mm -hmm. She pulls it out. She looks at it. She looks at the class. She just walks to my desk and puts it in front of me and walks away without another word. Oh, wow. <laughs> What a powerful memory. I, I, it, it, it seems so pointless, but it was such a, a nice little moment as a yeah. kid, you know? Um, and I guess, how have the books and subsequently the movies stayed with you and helped you? as Because as, I've, I've not read the books. I love the books. Yeah. I, I feel like they grew with the reader. And being able to look back now and reread them, you can see... I can, I'm old enough to see the weaker elements. I'm oh, old sure. enough to see, like, of course, they're not the greatest masterpieces no of all art time. Is, no art is perfect. No. And yeah. it's, they're fun. They're good. You can even see, like, how the writing style gets better and better with each book. Because these were J.K. Rowling's first books, right. like, ever. And it's, I, it's just really fun to even see them as a writer's progression. As someone who enjoys writing myself. Oh, yeah. Banu, any Harry Potter thoughts? Um, let's, get it, let's get you in on here. Yeah. No, I, I remember, like, I guess when the books were coming out in, like, the late 90s. Like, I remember, like... Does that sound right? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember, like, I was in college, and around, like, 99, um, around that summer, I remember, like, I didn't really hear much about Harry Potter except from, like, one or two friends. Uh and I remember, like, one summer, I was, like, hanging out uh, with my roommate and his girlfriend. His uh, girlfriend at the time, like, uh, upstate, they had this um, really nice house and pool. And we were just hanging out. And she was, like, also, like, she was doing grad school um, so that she was going to become a teacher. Um, but she was, like, talking about, and we were just talking about, like, working with kids. Just, and If I can 
interject in here very quickly just to get the listeners up to speed. Michelle discovered Harry Potter in a CVS. You (laughs) discovered Harry Potter at somebody's vacation house that had a a pool or uh, just a nice house with a pool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And we're just talking more about that. And like, I guess, like, uh, I guess at the time there might've been like a a minor controversy, like just over the fact that like, I guess. Witchcraft? Probably, okay. yeah, and and like and 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 it really wasn't that big of a deal, but it just like some schools were just like like oh god witchcraft how dare they? Uh, yeah, that was never an issue with your your family no, or anything. No, not or at school. all. Yeah. No, yeah. I uh, as somebody whose last name is Wiccans, I have no problem with it <laughs> either. Although I have not read the books, I've seen some of the movies. Um, I've not read the books either myself, but um, but yeah, but it was one of those things where like it at the time it was like it was getting kids excited by reading. Right. So like so really, what's the big deal? Yeah. Like yeah, if it's if it's making like one if it's getting one kid to like open up and really like just read and get it further in, if it becomes like uh, I guess like a uh, what's the, the right word uh. I'm blanking on the exact term on there, but well, if it gets him to like make him want to go read yeah. more and expand yeah. further beyond Harry Potter, then great. Yeah, I mean, and if anything, like the whole oh, it's satanic, it's anti-Christian. I mean, if you've read the books, it's literally about how love is the most important thing. Love will save everything. It's self-sacrifice, like just yeah. sounds like that lessons in the Bible too. Exactly. Sounds like it. And yeah. Uh, do you have favorite characters or favorite moments? I love Luna Lovegood and Professor McGonagall so much. Yeah. So much. Are those two a, a couple? They, oh dear word, I hope not. Uh, uh, okay. McGonagall is a fiction. professor uh-huh. and uh, Luna oh, is one of the students. Well, I really showed that I knew very little. <laughs> I, I feel like I know, well, I know the main characters and I also know who Neville Longbottom is. Oh, oh, I love ne- Neville too, I yeah. love. And McGonagall is uh, Maggie Smith in the movies. So. Oh, yes. Um, and She's great. On that note is, as much as I love the actors in the movie, as much... I'm not going to say my true opinion on the movies. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> They're terrible. Let's not, let's not read. Let's not read too much into it. I know Maggie Harris all the way back from uh, her film, uh, The Prime of Miss Jean Brody. This we're talking 1960s here. Oh wow! But uh, yeah, um, Richard Harris, who plays um, that that guy, Dumbledore, Dumbledore in the yeah. first two movies. Um, he well this. This is uh, this dovetails into the, your, the topic of your show because Richard Harris had a lifelong drinking problem. I don't know if you knew that. I actually didn't. And um, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. he uh, a while ago somebody said to me, Sean, if you were ever looking for a like YouTube uh, hole to tumble down, uh, look up Richard Harris telling drinking stories on talk shows. Oh my god! Because they are pretty hilarious um he did have a problem one of them was uh he uh was newly married he went on some sort of drinking binge he was gone for like a week and he was walking back to his house um unsure of how his wife was going to respond and so he knocked on the door because he had lost his keys i guess and he still didn't know what he was going to do and then she opened the door and before she had a chance to get angry at him, 
he said, why didn't you pay the ransom? Um, oh, that's fantastic. So uh, I guess uh, digging deep into some uh, Harry Potter parallel lore for for you. That's delightful. Um, what was... Uh, did you um, go through high school in, co- in your college years sort of like... Um, Stepping away from Harry Potter at all and then getting back into it? Uh, I mean, I was hardcore obsessed through middle school, probably a little too much. And sure. that it was like. But it's a huge cu- cultural touchstone that does allow people to, you know, um, yeah. connect and, yeah. I think, especially in middle school, there was that, there was the wait between the fourth and the fifth book. And it right. was three years, but. When you're, the, oh, this book long, came out yeah. when I was 12. So at that point, I had been waiting a quarter of my life for that book. So that's long. You, wow. Yeah. There was such a community online, like on fanfiction.net. It's, it's hard enough waiting birthday to birthday when you're that age, yeah. let alone three years. Wow. Yeah. It was, um, so there was such a big online community of fanfiction, of these off the walls theories, and just everyone coming together to try and guess. Like, just based on the littlest clues, like, when the book title came out, like, what does that mean? And right. so on and so forth. What and is the title of that book? Uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Oh, right. And it's mentioned uh, in, at the very end of the last book, but you don't actually know what it is. Oh, and so yeah. it's... Cliffhanger. I, yeah, I think that was, like, the peak of my ob- obsession. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the final few books come out, and I was still very hardcore into it, but... I don't think anything matched kind of the fever pitch right, yeah. of waiting for those books to come out. And I'll often let like years go by until I reread them. And then when I do, I definitely get back into them. But you're older. That's exactly. All. Yeah. 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 Uh, because you were young when they came out. And I don't mean this as like any type of slight or anything. I, no, did, I, I am young. Did Yeah. Did you think they were real? Was there, was there any part of you that thought they were they were real? Well, I mean, I laugh. It's a at common that. thing for kids to, you know, sort of mix mix up, you know, movies and reality. And I'm laughing at that. I mean, I knew it was not real, but sure. all the same, there was a twinge of disappointment on my 11th birthday when no owl came. But, oh yeah. But no, I never thought they were real. Right. Uh, I probably be- definitely believed in ghosts and like demons when I was a kid more so than I do now. Yeah, you know, just because that was a bit so, so many like ghost stories and stuff. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, as a kid, totally. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Uh, God, like in third grade, there was this that book, Scary Stories to Tell oh in the Dark. Oh my God! Yeah, yes. I was discovering that, and I just like would read that. Like, right? Like, Those illustrations nonstop. were intense. Yeah. Oh my God, the <laughs> illustrations were nuts. Yeah. Um. And I remember just being like crazy obsessed and scared all like like all the time, like at night, just like wherever I went, just like yeah, if anything was quiet, it was I, like oh, yeah. oh yeah. those goosebumps choose your own adventure books messed me up when yeah. I was like eight. I probably saw The Exorcists when I was slightly too young for it, <laughs> which is um is it good to scare kids, you think? I don't know. There like it seems to be that we're somehow very fine with scaring kids. Um it we're depends. also fine lying to them about 
Santa Claus and stuff. <laughs> <Right>. But excuse <laughs> me, <laughs> we'll have to talk after we're done recording. I don't want technically. You, technically, you, my she's going to kill me for saying this. Yeah. My mother goes by Sandy, but her first name is Santa. Oh, she's no. going to kill me for saying mm. that. Oh, but wow. uh, so okay. technically, my presents were and are brought by Santa. Oh, well then, uh, and my dad. I I did. I retract my previous statement, but um, I don't know. It, like, what's the benefit for scaring kids? Because there are so many scary things for kid for children. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if it's just more like like more of like cautionary tales to like warn them about the real world, or like or just things that are out there. I guess so. Yeah, I definitely learned to avoid goo monsters from Goosebumps. Oh well, good. And you're yeah. here to. I survived. You know, yeah. That's right. You're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I are you? Have you done any of the over at the Armory? Because they do, you know, um, a shot for shot. Yes. Have you done any of the Harry Potter shows over there? Um, I once uh, stepped in to do uh, stage directions for oh, uh, Half Blood Prince. That's an important role. Oh, I love oh, wow. it. Yeah. Stage directions is so much fun. Um, yeah. And it was actually the night uh, we had that blackout. So we did it oh, in complete yeah. darkness. Um, oh, oh, last summer? Uh, when, yeah, I think it was over the summer. And yeah, yeah. we ended up doing it illuminated by um, the audience's phone flashlights. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It magical. Was, yeah. Magical. It really was. Do you really know about was. these sh- shot-for-shot shows? No, they do. Um, they get the script of movies and then do it exactly the same. <laughs> they, ca- they, they they take liberties with, with casting, but yeah. it's like a drinking show oh sweet yeah it's like stage readings we all have the script half of the people have not seen these movies before that's Uh, right it's cast um uh gender blind race blind just whoever would be great in that role yeah Mm -hmm. and so it's really fun was was that a thrill doing the uh that that movie it really was and they're actually redoing the series um geez i don't have the date with me but they're going to be doing the first harry potter movie at improv asylum on a friday soon oh um, wow and i feel like such a dummy that well, i can't remember well which that's date. fine well go to see message in a bottle and then when you're done with that yes. google where when where and when shot for shot is well it's at the SM. improv asylum yes. yeah yeah and it's a friday yeah um any i um, think it is any any closing thoughts about harry potter uh, I guess if uh, any listeners are thinking about reading the books, how would you convince them to definitely read them? Um, ignore the author's personal views that she's recently um, come out oh, with. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, okay. right. Death of a Hero, it hit me hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're fun books. They're... Especially if you think... Well, we like fun on this show, definitely. They're deeper than you would think they would be, especially if you've only seen the movies. Especially the books... Oh, this is off topic, but in the movies, Harry is very much a blank slate character that the audience can kind of project themselves onto. And in the books, he's he's a dumbass sometimes, but a lovable one. He's wow. he's very opinionated. He's very sarcastic. Um, and he's, just, a, he's a kid. He's constantly spouting out really good one-liners and like it doesn't come across in the movies i this ah, i'm trying to come up with a one sentence to say why you should watch these movies or read these books excuse me sure and it's they're fun just do it they're fun yeah uh banu do you have any questions for our harry potter expert anything you've ever wanted to know about harry potter um 
Oh, um, oh man, I don't know if anything off the top is springing up right now. Um, I, I, you, you've known for like four or five days that the, this was going to be the topic for this. So, but I do apologize for putting you on the spot. <laughs> um, no, I you know like at work, uh, one of my colleagues is like a really big um, Harry Potter uh, fan, and uh, I think like a year ago, is this going to lead into another story about a house with a pool? <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting. No, yeah, yeah. So okay. <laughs> um, but like, I think we're just looking to see like what house we're in. So like, um, oh, Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff, yeah. Hufflepuff. Yeah, I. I, I think it was Rum Ravenclaw. Uh, I, good I also, I also am Ravenclaw. Yeah, good yeah. house. Yeah, but it was just like going on like Pottermore to like find what sort like do the Sorting Hat quiz uh, and do that. Um, I'm always still trying to figure out the differences between the houses, like between um, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Um, okay, well, Gryffindor is um, the house most of the main characters right. are in. It's the house Harry's in, and it's um, their deal is that they're brave, headstrong, and a little bit reckless. It's like they're so obsessed with b- bravery and heroics, and for better or for worse, basically. Yeah. Uh, Ravenclaw is the smart house, the bookish house. They're very into like knowledge and learning more. They're like the scholars. Yeah. Uh, Slytherin is Slytherin gets a bad rap, and that's because in the book we never really meet a good Slytherin character, except right. there's one in the sixth book who's a professor, and also based on how you see Snape. But I they're just more think mi- Snape is they're terrible. just mischievous. They're not necessarily evil. Yeah, they're cunning. They're yeah. They're they would be very good in politics, for yeah. better or worse. Mm. They're, uh, yeah, what, what, but in the books, there are no, you never really meet a truly good Slytherin, except for uh, uh, Professor Slughorn. Yeah. yeah. What house would the stoners be in? Oh, and that brings us to our last house, yeah. Hufflepuff, which is very much the, the, oh. a stoner house. Oh, okay. I, I believe it is. They're, they get shit on, because like they're, they're basically everyone else. There's even they're goofy, yeah. maybe. There's um the Sorting Hat that sorts you sings a song in each most of the books, and mm-hmm. there's even in the fourth book um it just says like it lists off all the the qualities of the other houses, and then it says and Hufflepuff for all the rest. Oh <laughs> Which, yeah. But they're basically <laughs> they're loyal, they're kind, they're they have your back, and they will never backstab you or betray you. Uh, and their common room is right by the kitchen, so... Ah, that does sound like oh, the stoner house. They have I, the best <laughs> life. I might, um, even though I supposedly would have been sorted into Ravenclaw, sounds like I would be hanging out with a lot of Hufflepuffs. Well, I will tell you that the sorting hat, even if the sorting hat thinks the house is good for you, if you feel very strongly and want to be in another house, it will put you in that house. Oh, well, that's oh, wow. nice to know. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we have a segment that um, was recorded by a friend of ours, Cannabis News, that um, I don't have yet, because he he just sent me a text that he forgot to (laughs) send it prior to now. He's recording it now. That that feels fitting for Cannabis News. It is, so I can't play it for you, but I'm going to insert it into this episode. Um, So we're going to listen to that, and then we'll be right back. What up, Wiccans? What up, Ralph? This is JQ with your 420 update. So have you guys been following what's been happening in the uh, news with uh, Illinois? 
and recreational marijuana. It's pretty interesting. I know uh, the Washington Post reported that on the first day, they sold more than $3 million worth of THC-imbued product. And by Sunday, five days later, they sold nearly $11 million worth of recreational marijuana, making more than 271,000 purchases. That's a lot of pot. But the crush of eager buyers strained the state's marijuana supply, leading many dispensaries in Chicago having to turn away customers before the first week of sales even ended. Everyone who smokes weed knows that feeling when your drug dealer dries out. Demand from recreational users often outpaces medical marijuana use by up to 10 times. Economist B.U. Whitney told the Chicago Sun-Times it will probably be months before the existing cultivators are able to grow enough cannabis to satisfy customers. Wow, that sucks. Hey, Illinois, I know a guy. Just let me know. This is JQ with your 420 update. Back to you, Sean. Oh, that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I-, I loved hearing that. That was very informative. Thank you, Jason. It, it changed my life. Yeah. Uh, well, we let's end on a little bit more discussion about message in a, in a bottle, which is this Tuesday at Under St. Mark's. I plan on being there because oh. I've I've actually I'm embarrassed to say I've yet to see it, even though I've heard such great things about it. You're wonderful uh, and I've seen fantastic. some of your solo uh, improv performance. Um, what? Uh, you said that you debuted this at Solocom at the pit. Was that, um, were you inspired to write this because Solocom existed or did you have the, the seed of the show and then found that as a place to, to debut it? I had wanted to do a show about it, about my struggle quitting drinking for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that was kind of my excuse to finally do it because I had done Silicon once before I had done um, my improvised solo show there so I, I wanted to do the festival again the next year got in and that was kind of well okay now you have no excuse not to do it right and um, I'm guessing there was a lot of probably fear anxiety apprehension prior to doing it and then how did yeah. that fade away after you started to perform this on stage? Uh, well, I threw up before doing it for the first time. I, oh, was at, wow. I was a little sick that day, but the throwing up was very much It nervous. was a lot of mitigating factors that combined. I was terrified. moment, yeah. And it was my first time doing a full-length scripted solo show as well, so terrified. Went out, did it, and once you do it once, it's... And you know you can, and you know it went well. It's so much easier to then do it. And and I, I mean, of course, I'm still nervous before I. I oh, sure, you I think gotta it, be. If I weren't nervous before it, then that would be something to be nervous about. Right, right. Uh, and how has the show changed since you debuted it? I'm also interested if you've gotten any positive feedback from people seeing it who who you know have said, "Oh, I've dealt with this too," and thank you for sharing something dark, but also putting a funny spin on it? Uh, yeah, well, first, uh, it has changed names, a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has changed. It was a little more... There were a few more just outright goofy moments mm-hmm. when I first started doing it. Uh, there was like a, a video montage at one point. Um, 
uh, more kind of these musical interludes. Um, not me singing, but just like music playing. Transitions. Yeah. Yes. And as I did the show more, um, I ended up dropping those out because they were fun, but I felt like it flowed better allowing it to be a little more serious. Mm. Um, and yes, I have had people come up to me after the show and people I never knew might have had that same struggle and it's that's always incredibly touching when people share that with me um we also did the show in Jersey a different time and after the show one guy who had been there um tried to offer to buy me a beer and he just he he might have not known it was an autobiographical show i guess he didn't realize that the the show about a woman in a relationship with a bottle of vodka that is very very clearly about alcoholism (laughs) right right but i love that i thought it was sweet yeah well his heart was in the the right place exactly um i uh but the you know the wonderful thing about art and creating is that it does allow us to approach the things that we can't talk about openly. And then once we do them in a creative way, then we can, it moves us towards talking about them, you know, period. Yeah, that was, I think part of the reason I did the show is kind of like, not just a straight up, okay, then this happened. Right, Then this happened. And having the, the bottle of vodka with the fork arms and just the surreal aspect to it. I did that because... I felt like more people might be able to identify with it that way because everyone has a Tito, even if it's not alcoholism. It's very true, yeah. And Tito is the name of the the bottle. The, yes, yes, yeah. uh, yes. And everyone kind of has that, and I wanted a way to kind of get that discussion going, but not as narrow as okay. And then I did this, and then I did that, and this is what happened to me, 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 me. Because solo shows by nature can be just so self-indulgent. I definitely wanted to find a way to do it to have everyone identify. And like you said, get that conversation going. Right, right. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. I am looking forward to seeing the the, um, the penultimate, no, the ultimate show. The ultimate the show. Ultimate uh, show. Until, until... Until next time, some, somewhere down the line. Um, but thank you for being here today. Thank you I, so much I for having feel me. I know more about Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> Banu, do you have any closing thoughts or statements or, or questions? You're about to, as you leave here, you're going on a run. You're running from here back to Queens. Back to Queens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, just going back to my car uh, in Forest Hill. So, um, Michelle, before you got here, Banu told me that he worked on a spreadsheet a few weeks ago <laughs> it's uh, a, is it a training spreadsheet or is it a diet spreadsheet i am very impressed it was like a weight loss thing yeah, yeah. i i started it like we both maybe gained like, weight for the holidays yeah, yeah. uh so All i three. Just yeah. made this spreadsheet and just like um so that like every like for the next few weeks or so or maybe months who knows how long i'll do this uh i'll just like every few days like go on the scale like measure my weight uh and also like I have like a, uh, and also just measure my waist size, um, and and from there just kind of like keep track of that progress. Less fruit, less fruit you're doing. Uh, and yeah, it's like a modified. Less carbs. It's like a slightly less, like yeah, just I mean I could I eat plenty of vegetables, uh, like legumes, uh, um, just more proteins, um, yeah, just no fruits, no cheeses, no processed foods, um, so nope 
pasta. Uh, that processed foods is a huge one. Yeah. So it's a huge one on yeah. there. Uh, drink a lot of for, water. For, I think for all of America. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so just really just doing that. And then at the same time while doing that, um, just getting my my button gear and just doing more more weights and gradually getting my running uh, up a little bit too on there. So Can yeah. I ask what the name of the spreadsheet is? Uh, did you name it anything clever? I don't think I did. I think like I'm very I'm too practical when uh, I'm naming a lot of yeah. that stuff. So. Would you say that having a nutrition spreadsheet is similar to having an improv spreadsheet? Um, what's do, you the, an, do you have an improv spreadsheet? Do you spreadsheet? have an improv spreadsheet? No, I'm just uh, doing a call back to before about running and oh, improv being oh, similar, and it fails. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, sure I kind of wanted to hear more about the yeah. improv spreadsheet. <laughs> I, de- I bet definitely teachers, I'm sure, have improv spreadsheets. Maybe like how this class went. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, or, or exercises and right. what, they're used, what they're good for. And yeah. Improv programs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm planning on eating raw once in a while i'm doing i'm trying gonna try to do that this year yeah um i was on a good intermittent fast tear for a little while yeah i'm gonna try that again less meat is a big i think less meat and less processed foods yeah we should we should all be doing it agreed Mm -hmm. yeah um all right well thanks for being here and um i want to give an extra thanks to to jason for cannabis news our first segment Hopefully he sent it to me. If not, you just heard some some dead air. <laughs> um, we'll we'll um, we'll see you next time. This has been another excellent episode of Stoner Morning Show. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media at Stoner Morning Show. Tell your friends and puff puff pass. Testing. One, two, three. Farts. Farts. Hard poo. Hard poo. Alright, I'm gonna do another bug hit and then I'm gonna I'm gonna do this report. <laughs>